I need you, Lord. Rest in the presence of his Holy Spirit and just let him minister to you to awaken your soul. God. Praise you, God. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. Our great desire, pearl of great price. Your greatest pursuit, our greatest desire. Nothing else can do it. Our affections are on things above where Christ is seated on the throne. There's not much here that we want to hold on to. It all fails, it all falls apart, it all disappoints. Even the people that we pledge our greatest vows to. But there you are, Lord. And you never fail. And we need you. Thank you for your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Can you give him glory? Praise you, God. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thank you, you guys. Very much, yeah, you can all have a seat. I am Michael Descoli, lead pastor, and uh, welcome, if you're, if you're a guest today, welcome, welcome. This is uh, Bryson back here on base from Arkansas, right? Yeah, good, glad to have him this morning. He showed up just to uh, observe this morning with his, with his buddy right over here, who just, Garrick just happened, him and his wife, moved into their first house ever this week. And so uh, he showed up, and, and our bass player, you know, he works in the kitchen up at Ravencrest, and sometimes he gets stuck. And I'll bet he got stuck, or either that or he forgot to, or he shut his alarm and went back to sleep. I don't know. But there, there was God's gift, so it's awesome. And, and Evan is a gift as well. So I met some folks uh, this morning, clear from the other side of Nebraska, Omaha, and I just have to thank them for not wearing red this morning. Good job for not wearing red this morning. Thank you. Yeah. Um, these folks knew our dear Jamie Palmasano when she first came to Christ. If you think Jamie's on fire now, can you imagine? Huh? Yeah, they're friends. Well, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool. I think... Uh, are the, are the Hatzels here this morning? I thought I saw them come in right back there, right? Dave and Joy, Hatzel. Um, you guys are in Florida now? Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. Where are you now? Oh, you're in Arkansas. Okay, cool. So I met these folks in Arkansas. He, he's a pastor, and I actually got to preach at his church in, Ar in Rogers, Arkansas when I was a college student, went there 
with a gal, you know, they're so hospitable there. Never been to Arkansas. Never heard the phrase Ewan's before till I went to Arkansas. Never saw a kid walk in a house with a gun in one hand and a fistful of squirrels in the other hand saying, I've got breakfast. Oh, gross. Let me go somewhere else to eat. I learned how to water ski late November on the back of a bass boat on Beaver Lake. It was horrible, man. Never forgive you guys. <laughs> but the coolest thing is their daughter. Yeah, okay, when, when my girls were 12, I made it a point to take them somewhere in the mission field. We went to uh, Czech Republic, English-speaking camps, most atheist parts of the world there, Czech Republic. Amazing churches. John Hoos, one of the great revivalists of all times. The statues right there in the, in the town square in Prague. Right, Some of the greatest revivals happen there, but most atheist region of the world. This is a caution to all of us to, to make sure we keep that fire going, right? So we went there along with a couple named Jason Kendra McFedrick and, and some others. And our hearts were so captivated on that trip that, that uh, uh, Jason and Kendra and Sabrina came home, raised money, and they've been there ministering to those people now, I want to say 17 years, 2002. And we support Sabrina. She's one of our missionaries that we support. Can we let out a shout? Glory to God. Good to have you guys this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I love you dearly. Love your kid dearly. Uh, is anybody else traveling that's here this morning? Oh, yeah. Any, anybody want to tell us where you're from? Are I here Florida right here? All right. Well, welcome from Florida. Good deal. Gator people, huh? No. Sadly. What? Sadly. Sadly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just glad you guys all talked. You weren't wearing orange and they weren't wearing red. So that's all good, right? So welcome. Front row even. Good to have you here. Where are you folks from? Do you want to say? Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Wisconsin, okay, neighbors, what, what, what's, I'm sorry, oh, you guys, you don't understand, oh, man, yeah, 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 okay, just don't have it down, you got to get some, uh, you know, some social skills from these guys over here, <laughs> awesome, awesome, anybody else, so uh, we have somebody here today that I'm not sure that you've met, uh, this young lady uh, changed names this week. Would you please welcome Chloe Dunnigan? She didn't want me to do that. She announced to us on July 4 that it was either eloping or a quick wedding uh, in two weeks. And uh, my theme song for them was, We got married in a fever, hotter than a pepper sprout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all good so congratulations love it love it love it so it's just a lot of fun to have around here so good to see you all good to see you we are in a series hearing God's voice um, week one I am a sheep uh, week two I am a friend um, today uh, we want to talk about valuing his voice and we want to get started with first Samuel chapter 3 verse 1 in your Bibles. Um, this is a picture of a young boy named Samuel who would go on to be one of the greatest prophets 
in Israel's history. The, the one who had the difficult task of dealing with King Saul, even appointing a king against God's will because it was the desire of the people. Oh man, can we just align with God's will and not our own will? And then ultimately blessing David uh, before he would become king. Well, his mom, recognizing and giving glory to God, brought him to a priest to nurture him and to raise him a priest named Eli. And so 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 says, The boy Samuel, the boy Samuel, ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. So this is a unique time in, in the history, in, in Bible history, the history of the world, in that the, the word of the Lord was rare. Now, we tend to hear the word rare and think of it as, as being uncommon or of limited supply. But in this case, the word rare means that it was precious, that it held special value, that rare things, that in itself can increase the value thereof. And the word of the Lord was a treasure, a treasure to be desired. It was a jewel of incredible price. So right off, here's a question for all of us. What kind of value are you willing to put on hearing from God? And can you honestly say, I value his voice? We, we say we want to hear from God, but what kind of price tag are we willing to put on that? Do we realize the worth of his voice? Yeah, so this probably will be the most practical message of the series. Uh, if you want to hear from God, then you need to treat it as a great priority, as, as, a, as a great, great pearl, great treasure, treasure to be pursued. So very practically, just some steps that, that helped me. And the first one is, if you want to hear from God, start setting appointments with God. Yeah, really, I'm talking here. Exodus chapter 19, verse 10, God is preparing the people uh, of Israel and Moses to have a conversation when we read in the word, verse 10, Exodus 19, and the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. So notice right there, it's an appointment. There's a time set. And in this case, it's the third day. So we read on, because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. So here we have this appointment. Not only is there a time, the third day, but now we have a place, Mount Sinai. And then verse 19, we see this begin to unfold when the word says, as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. Moses spoke and God answered. We have a conversation here going on and we need to notice that God intentionally set an appointment here over the next couple of days i want you and the people to get ready because there's something we need to talk about on day three god said appointment and, and a, a misappointment is a disappointment so so let's be honest right here we set appointments all the time we set appointments with people we don't even like but do we set appointments with the most important one of all? It, it reminds me of a friend of mine who was invited to a church to pastor, and, and he felt God was leading 
him to that, that church, but there was something that he needed to know from the people there. That if he were to go to that church, that they needed to understand that he would literally be unavailable every one of his workdays from 8 a.m. until noon. Why? He had a four-hour appointment with God every single day. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he needed to know from this body that they would be okay with that because if they weren't going to be okay with that, then he, he, he shouldn't go there. And occasionally I like to talk about this guy. I like to talk about this church because it's, it's a church that we had the opportunity to be a part of. It grew exponentially and the church growth experts moved in because they wanted to tell other people you know a bag of tricks on how to do this and and their observation went something like this they're doing everything wrong there's no reason on the planet that this church should be growing yeah well the pastor had a four-hour appointment from with god he knew how to hear God's voice. It was important enough to him that it was on his schedule 8 a.m. at the office every day. That's who he was. And so there's two things that are necessary for any appointment, a time and a place. And I learned early on in my Christian experience that this is often the most difficult thing for us to settle is the time and the place. And if we could just get those two settled, we are on our way to some really incredible divine encounters. God comes where people are preparing to meet with him. Now, now just imagine for, for a few moments our, our worship services and how they might look different if, if each of us were to prepare our hearts before we showed up. An appointment here is set. We have a time here and, and we have a place here here but are we preparing ourselves are we getting ourselves ready with expectation as we make plans to come right so in our text we see the hebrews had two days to get ready what if we just took one day what if we prepared our hearts on on saturday and said hey tomorrow tomorrow we're coming together at the house of god i want to make sure that i'm getting ready what if we just prepared on Sunday mornings? You know, as pastor, I know some of us don't even make a decision until Sunday morning. <laughs> you know, how will I feel tomorrow? Uh, is there some better option that might come along? But what if, what if, what if we prepared our hearts and what if we made it a priority? What if we prepared three days out? Imagine what could happen. Did you know that there are actually websites that pastors go to get their sermons online? Yeah. And anybody want to guess which day of the week gets the most hits? Yeah. Not just Saturday, but Saturday night and often into Sunday early hours of the morning. Yeah. And then we kind of wonder why God isn't showing up the way he used to in, in the Western world world stuff like this it's it's not a priority to us but friends this isn't about preparing sermons okay that's that's just where my world and part of where i live but what this is about is us preparing ourselves preparing our inner man believing that god really wants to do his business he wants to go beyond just the norm he wants to break through and he wants to speak into our lives so as your pastor um I'm blessed and privileged to set aside two days in the middle of my week just to get quiet and to get with God and, and to allow God to speak to me. Uh, I write a month out 
um, because I need God to be speaking to me for some time before, before I share anything. And, and what a gift it is to have these two days with God. And, and I don't take it for granted. It's, it's really an honor or privilege. It's, just, it's my Sabbath resting period just to be in God's presence. We also, you know, this, this whole business of prenuptial agreements, right? I, uh, I, I, I've always been like, man, I'm glad I'm in a relationship where we didn't need a prenuptial agreement, you know? Like, I need to know it's mine, and you need to know what's yours, and you need to know what's not yours, and I need to know it's not mine. But I've realized recently, listening to my wife, that we actually had a prenuptial agreement. And it was this. Dear, if we get married, you need to understand that our house is going to be really boring on Saturday nights. Because I want to get my heart ready for what God wants to do today. And it's awesome when she says, that's become a really sweet thing in our house. And we have to fight for it. It's a real gift that we share. But I have to tell you that some of my best moments aren't even those two days in the week or even, even that Saturday night. A lot of times it's in the car. Uh, because I always like to have music on and such, going, uh, different things. But um, oftentimes now when I go down 34 or 36, I shut everything off and I just invite the Lord. Hey, Lord, come and join me and let's have some conversation on the way down the mountain. It's amazing how much nicer I treat tourists on those highways when God's in the car with me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the first thing is uh, set an appointment. And the second thing is be still and worship. Uh, one of my favorite verses to go to, Psalm 46.10, where God says, Be still and know that I am God. Hmm. Exodus 14.13, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. This is how they got across the Red Sea when the soldiers were coming at them. Right here. This next one is King Jehoshaphat. Yeah, King Jehoshaphat set himself before the Lord because three armies had aligned themselves against the nation of Israel. And it looked hopeless. So he set himself before the Lord to hear the voice of the Lord. I, I want to think about the, the Six-Day War of uh, 19, was it 67, 68? 67, 6-Day War, when 2,000 tanks from Syria were ready to destroy the nation of Israel, coming, across, coming against their 700 tanks. And the glory to the glory of God, six days, Israel secured a mighty victory. God's hand is on these people. And God's hand was on the people in the days of Jehoshaphat, right? So watch what God says right here. This is 2 Chronicles 20, verse 17. Look at this. You will not have to fight this battle. Are you in a battle right now? Will you receive this word? You will not have to fight this battle. Go on. Take up your positions Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Man, being still in the battle is the toughest thing for us to do, right? Be still and then worship, verse 22, as they began to sing and praise. We do not take worship seriously enough. Battles are won in worship. The enemy flees. 
when his people are, are worshiping. And notice that it isn't the soldiers that are leading the way in this battle. It's the worship team, right? And so here's the people, when they finally got still, that stillness in God's presence resulted in worship, and God sent a spirit of confusion against the enemy so that they turned on each other and killed each other. Israel didn't even have to lift a sword. The battle was the the Lord's. God showed up and took care of it all. Would that be okay with anybody this morning? If God, yeah, go ahead, let out a shout. Let out a shout, yeah. Okay, so uh, we've got a battle today. I got to give it to you. It's us together. Uh, Remember last week I stood up here and I said there was a rumor going on that that we were no longer going to be welcome at the high school. And I told you how that if you heard that it wasn't true. Well, we got some clarity. And we're being kicked out of the high school. June, end of June, 2020. Can we believe the battle is the Lord's? I think we need to answer two questions as a body. Does God want Summit Church in Estes Park? And I, I, I know how you might just want to say, of course, but we need to know what God says. We need to know what God says. I need you to know what God says. I had somebody suggest that we just need to close down and allow us to go to different churches so the other churches will grow. And I just want to ask you, does God have a place here for us? And if we're supposed to be here, then we've got some things that need to be one in the year ahead. I personally think it's kind of exciting. I kind of think God can use this to help us turn a mighty corner. I've been praying for more classrooms. I hope some of you have. I want to believe that God has a place like that. Where is it? I don't know. But can I believe the battle is the Lord's? Can you believe the battle is the Lord's? So would you carry those two questions with you? Now, I'm going on sabbatical. I'll preach next week, right? In this great time, great time for the pastor to get out of town, right? (laughs) And, and so when I get back, I expect you all to have this all figured out, right? Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, I just tell you, this is God's timing. And on October 3rd, there's going to be an important conversation. Let's expect God to show up. Let's make an appointment, time and place. This is us together. Believe God with me. We'll see the glory of God. So Jehoshaphat got into the presence of the Lord. But here's the problem. Most of us want to take matters into our own hands. And even when we bring our battles to the Lord, we want to go straight to something like prayer and and reading the Bible. But here's a better place to start. Set an appointment with God. Make it all about the relationship with God. Be still in His presence Practice his presence and allow his presence to then move you into worship. Be still and worship. And as a rule, if we will just begin there, we will find our Bible reading times and our prayer times to be all the more significant and all the more beneficial. Man, I will forever remember the day. 
a year and a half ago that uh, we almost lost our friend Rich Babcock. Yeah, and, and the way that pulled us together, it was a battle. There was nothing I could do. He'd been carelifted down to the valley. They weren't even sure he was going to live. They weren't even sure he had the brain activity to take next steps. And I just started weeping in God's presence. And pretty soon I was worshiping in God's presence. And all of a sudden, I heard God speak into my inner man. And he said, Rich's brain is okay. And the doctors are about to give a report to, to move forward in his treatments. So I immediately texted the message. I said, God just told me. Rich's brain activity is going to be good. You're going to find out right now, and they're going, to, they're going to take next steps. And took them a little bit to get back to me because they said, you won't believe it. We just met with the doctors. They said, Rich's brain activity is excellent, and they're moving him to Anschutz. It's a victory. Can we just lay all our glory to God for that? God speaks. We need to set an appointment, and we need to be still and worship third this is where we pray and read pray and then read god's word luke 5 16 jesus modeled it he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed psalm 119 147 i rise before dawn and cry for help does that sound like prayer to you yeah and then watch the second part i have put my hope in your word does that sound like reading god's word and holding on to his promises to you yeah it does does me what should we pray well how about this pray whatever is on your heart one of my favorite bible verses first peter 5 7 this is the new living give all your worries and cares to god for he cares for you some translations say cast or throw your cares on god knowing that he cares for you can you imagine what that could do for us I mean, if a family member comes, comes to your mind, is on your heart, just give them to the Lord. If finances come to mind, throw them at God. How about that, right? If, 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 if a situation or a relationship or a job search or, or where are we supposed to go next instead of panicking, right? Just give it to God, whatever. Throw it at the Lord, believing that he cares about it more than than uh, you do. And if we will do that with an attitude of gratitude, thanksgiving, believing God cares more than we do, and not only that, but he's already at work on your behalf, man, that is so freeing. Because if we don't deal with the stuff that we're carrying, then we're never going to be able to hear from God the way we need to. We'll just be constantly distracted. Remember Mary and Martha? Remember them? We have Martha right here. She knows this verse, right? Yeah, right? Had Jesus over, and, and when it came time just to enjoy Jesus, Martha's in the kitchen banging pans as loud as she could. She wanted some attention, right? But there's Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. Don't you get annoyed with that person that when there's work to be done, there they are sitting having the conversation, right? Banging pans. Jesus, Lord, don't you care that I'm in here doing these dishes? And my sisters, they're sitting at your feet. I don't know if I want to hear what Jesus said. Martha, Martha, Martha. You worry and fret about all kinds of stuff. When only one thing's required, Mary has chosen the better thing. Dishes will get done, but right now Jesus is in the house. <laughs> Good time to sit down, right? In the presence of the Lord, right? 
Yeah, and then read, read the Word. For your quiet time, getting a, an easy-to-understand version is great. For your study time, get something a little bit more intense, more, more true and accurate. Um, but for your quiet time, maybe get a life application Bible. Because instead of a study Bible, the life application Bible, there's, wow, this works in my life. This speaks, tells me some things that I can do here in my relationship with God. Where should you read? How about inside? Huh? The outside of the Bible never did anybody any good. That great big old family Bible on the coffee table never changed the life sitting there. Get into it, right? Read, read, read the Proverbs. Read a chapter of the Old Testament, chapter of the New Testament. Pick up a, a, a daily bread. Get a copy of that and follow the reading plan. Just don't get in bondage if you fall behind, you know. It's okay to fall behind on those reading plans. I'm an achiever. Oh, no, I'm behind. Oh, what am I going to do? No, that's more important that, you're, that the Word's getting in, in you than it is that you're getting through the Word. That's right. Here's something I'm, I'm enjoying right now. This is uh, Robert J. Morgan, 100 Bible Verses Everyone Should Know by Heart. And... Uh, when I started working through this, I skipped the, the whole book right to the 100 verses. And, uh, and I am just enjoying what I've been reading about these 100 verses. And I would just encourage that as a possibility. Check it out. I, I'm moving through it very slowly because I'm wanting to make sure that I know these verses going forward. But it's, it's a helpful thing to me right there. Simply get into God's word so God's word can get into you and then there's just one more thing listen and write so we set an appointment be still and worship pray and read listen and write all of these things working together in order to hear God better and and I'm telling you sometimes it won't even happen when you expect it it'll happen on the way but positioning ourselves expecting to hear from God Psalm 45 verse 1 my heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. And that's the, that's the flow in which David gave us so much of God's inspired word. First Chronicles 28, 19. All this, David said, I have in writing as a result of the Lord's hand on me. He enabled me to understand all the details of the plan. <laughs> Prophet Habakkuk. God said to him these words. He said, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that the herald might run with it. And, and right there, whenever I see that verse, there's always two questions you need to ask when God speaks into your life. The first one, Lord, who is this for? Is this just for me? Because the last thing you want to do is take something God is speaking to you and start giving it away to everybody else. God didn't intend that. So God, is this just for me? Or is this to be shared? And if it's to be shared, who would you have me share this with? Okay, those are helpful questions right here. But these are the best ways I know to hear God's voice. And pretty soon you're going to find yourself moving from impersonal thoughts to more personal thoughts. Kind of like, you know, I know that, that God says I can trust him. And I know that God said he's merciful and faithful and that I can depend on him and that he will fight my... I know those things. And pretty soon you'll be hearing God say in your soul, I love you. I give you grace. I accept you. You can put your hope in me. I have got this. You can trust me. 
See the difference right there? What you know about God, moving from just knowledge of God to knowing God personally. And that's my desire for all of us, no matter who you are, no matter your background, your faith background, your, your vocational background, what part of the country you're, you're, you're from, whether it be Arkansas or Omaha or, or uh, Florida, Florida, or wherever you're from. I mean, uh, my prayer for you, God, would you put a hunger in our souls to hear your voice, to know your voice? You said, my sheep know your voice. Please, let us all know your voice. It's one of the greatest privileges of the Christian life. In fact, we had a couple um, get married recently in our church. In fact, I can't believe they're here today because he drums all over Denver at some of the uh, bigger churches and stuff, and they're really part of a cool church right now. And you'll know who they are in, in just a minute. But I want you to hear this testimony about hearing God's voice. Let's, do we have that? Let's listen to it. So one day, I was hobbling into church after injuring my hip the night before. And I hear, see this whirlwind go past me stop in front of me and say, are you all right? Do you need some help? And I says, oh, it's just my leg. And she says, well, let me pray for you. And she did. And I never had anyone do that for me before, to stop what they're doing and pray for me. So we went inside, and I sat up on the second row in the, in the high school. And I noticed the same young woman comes in and talks to a lady in the first row and proceeds to sit by her. And I thought, what a wonderful young woman to sit by this lady and talk to her and keep her company. Right at that moment, right after I saw this, the worship team's music got softer and softer all of a sudden and a voice came through that said, she is for trip. And it scared me at first. <laughs> Did I really hear that? Did I hear it? I looked at you. You didn't seem to hear it. it. <laughs> and I, I, I questioned myself and I said, no, no, that was the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. So I got all flustered, just like I am now. And I, <laughs> um, I said, I, I have to. And I got up and Paul <laughs> was wondering where I was going. I got up and I went over and leaned over the rail and talked to Elena. I didn't know her name. I think they did like part of a worship song or something. Like it was during the beginning of church and she comes up behind me and pats my shoulder and she's like, hey, um, did you hear the music get quiet? Did you hear anything? And I'm like, I heard the, the song. <laughs> she's like, but did you hear it get really quiet? And I'm like, no. And she's like, never, never mind, never mind. Um, but, I'm like, okay. And she's like, I just really want you to know, though, like, you truly bless my heart, and I just feel like you'd be such a great person to get to know. Um, so if it would be all right, I would really love to talk with you after church, and I just feel like you'd be an important person to have in my life. And I'm like, okay. You know, like, oh, all right, yeah, definitely. We can talk after church, okay. Here we are, six months since we, six months uh, since we, the day we met each other and proposed. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's and so, so yeah, that's now we're now it's our wedding day, and here we are. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you called to tell us the good news, and we were in Nashville, 
mm-hmm. and mother. Mm-hmm. And remember, then I said, there's something I have to tell you now. I can't wait. Yeah, so the day of engagement is when Christy shared all the details about, like, here's what the Holy Spirit said. But up to that point, we did not know the Holy Spirit said that. Like, that was our own free will, our own decision to date, to get engaged. And then we heard the news from Christy, Trevor's mom. Um, and then it made so much more sense when she came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder like, did you hear the music getting quiet? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and that's because that was what she heard from the Holy Spirit. So she wanted to make sure if I heard anything, you know, but I didn't like the Holy Spirit didn't tell me. So um, that was, yeah, it all kind of came together once we were officially engaged and we called and told your parents and then your mom was like, okay. I didn't want to tell you until now, but now I can tell you. I'm saying the Holy Spirit said this. So that was kind of the clicking of the whole story coming together. Yeah, that was that was really cool. My mom was telling us that. Like it was I'm just like, thank you, Lord. That's yeah, like such great affirmation. Yeah. And, and yeah, so yeah, we're just thankful for what God has for us and just in our marriage and beyond and and just what he's, how he's going to use us, like to bring his kingdom back to this earth, and and just for family and all these things. So we're just really excited. So since they're here, it's with it's my great pr- privilege to introduce to you, Mr. and Mrs. Trevor Doty, right there. <laughs> So as your pastor, I I want you to hear from God. I want you to know his voice. You are a sheep, and his sheep know his voice. It's my desire for you. It will so transform your life. It will so transform your your experience. And I I hope your prayer this morning is, God, I'm going to go forward here valuing your voice. And and with your help, I'm going to make it a priority in my life to set time to be in your presence, a time and a place just to be with you because I, I need to hear from you. And corporately, we need to hear from God because, listen, as we move forward in this new challenge, I, coming on to this, this, um, this sabbatical, you know, I'm going kicking and screaming. This isn't my nature to walk away from things I love, right? But we're, we got to believe. We've got to believe that we're going to be better because of this, okay? Can you believe that with me? You know, um, um, when I was a kid in second grade, um, I was I had to change schools. My dad had uh, a mental breakdown, and we were kicked out of our house and forced to move. And so I was in a new school. I loved my first grade teacher, Mrs. Tilburg. I loved my first grade school, uh, uh, Julia Kane in Tucson, Arizona. I loved my school. And going to a new school, suddenly I went from this very beautiful young teacher to a very elderly teacher with a cane, uh, Mrs. Stevens, and Mrs. Stevens did not like me, and I think she probably smacked me with her cane a number number of times, and whenever uh, we had, we had a lot of substitutes that year because she was always ill, and whenever she was ill, we had another substitute named Mrs. Nichols, and Mrs. Nichols, I remember all my teachers, I love all my teachers, and, uh, and Mrs. Nichols, uh, whenever she would come, she'd always say, why are you in the basic reading class? You need to be in the advanced reading class. So every time she'd come, I'd get 
promoted to the advanced reading class, and then Mrs. Stevens would come back, and I'd get demoted back to the basic <laughs> reading class, and it was very hard, but if you remember substitute teachers, we could be cruel to substitutes in school. Yeah. I don't want any cruelty in my absence. <laughs> I, I want good reports, okay? I'm not going to be paying attention, but I hope when I come back, you are all better and excited and anticipating this great future that I believe we have together, okay? But we need God to settle some things. You know, are we supposed to be here? And if so... God, what do you want us to be? Where do you want us to be? But can I just say, I do not want the place to be our priority. We've got a greater mission to fulfill because I'm excited about getting to the kingdom of God, stepping in and being with Jesus forever. But I just know there's one thing that we're not going to be able to do once we cross the other side, and that's see people get baptized falling down on their faces before God and giving themselves to God. I want us to be a worshiping people, believing that where the presence of God is, people will be drawn to him. I want to believe that because God's spirit is on us, that we have influence and that we have eyes to see where God is working so we can join him there and speak into people's lives along the way. That has to be our, our higher priority. And even a greater priority than that is our desire for him. So let's make sure we keep our priorities straight and let's trust God to fight this battle. And then maybe in a more practical way that as you watch this unfold and you see God be faithful to us corporately, that you'll shift in your relationship with God to realize he's faithful to me individually. I really can trust him. And if you don't know the Lord today, all of us in this church that are a part of this body want you to know the Lord. We don't want you to have a form of religion. We don't want you to have all of the, the rules or, or even the accoutrements of, of some fancy cathedral. We, don't want you, we want you to have him. And what we hope you'll see is that our world is a big mess. And the reason our world is such a big mess is because something got broken. And while we may blame God for all the brokenness, it really comes down to us rebelling. But in the midst of our rebelling, God gave his best. He gave his son so that whoever would call upon the name of the Lord could move from the curse into the blessing. And we want you to move into the blessing. And the way to do it is to answer a couple of questions. Who is Jesus? And why did he go to the cross? And there to discover that he left his throne in the kingdom to take on and take responsibility for your rebellion in order to carry it to the grave, defeating it once and for all, so that by you putting your faith in him, he can resurrect you to new life. The finished work of Christ. Call on the name of the Lord. You will be saved. Be baptized in keeping with repentance. Yeah. Let's just pause in his presence. We always ask two questions here. And Lord, we want to thank you. Even now, you might be speaking into a life right now. And that's, that's our desire, Lord. Drawing somebody to you. 
even somebody who's been far from you, and this is their moment of turning around and coming home. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your faithfulness. But here are these two questions that God puts on each one of us. What is it that he's saying to you this morning? And then how will you respond to his voice? Please consider that as we, consider, as we continue to worship.